today on Doomed. Should I open with the Doomed with Matt Binder theme song? Or really, maybe I should go ahead and uh, kick in this theme song. Welcome to the Scam Economy with your host, Matt Binder. Because on today's episode of the show, which I guess you can say is officially a doomed scam economy crossover episode, I'm going to dive into really what uh, what I'm calling a, a saga. <laughs> a saga of what's been going on at Twitter over these past couple of weeks. And why is it a little bit of both? Because clearly um, there is some uh, tech foolery going on over there, a a need to monetize everything. Uh, It's not Web3, but the ethos. (laughs) The Web3 ethos is certainly there. The the need to monetize everything. Um, Also, there is a, a crypto head involved in the in the form of one Elon Musk. But also, there's a very political bent here based on exactly who's being supported and why Twitter is uh, really going the direction it's going in. It's, it's a little bit of both. So if you're just a listener to Doomed or if you're just a listener to Scam Economy, you get to hear this episode in uh, both of those feeds. And if you listen to both... You can just choose which one to listen to and, and skip the other one this week. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, both audiences, which there is some overlap, but I can tell you from the the back-end analytics that they are also a very distinct audience as well. I think both audiences would be interested, and quite frankly, uh, they need to, if you're not aware of what's been going on, you should know what I've been involved in these past couple of weeks, because it's it's interesting. <laughs> So let's let's dive right in. It is a uh, an episode where yes, I am the the sole host for today, but I got a story to tell you. So sit back, relax, and a uh, old papa Matt Binder's got a got a got, got a, the the legend of uh, Twitter post four twenty two thousand twenty three. Let me take a, a drink of my moonshine here. And let's get started. So a little background first. Let's let's start with some background here. Um, because if, if you're not aware of how we got here, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. And really, I, I don't know if I've said this on this the, the free stream, uh, the free ver- half of the podcast stream that goes out to everybody. But I, I have been considering, uh, you can only imagine how much time I have, I'm doing a, a series on Elon Musk and Twitter, uh, separate from Scam Economy and Doomed. Uh, so I'm not going to get into everything, nor am I promising I'll get to that. But I'm just putting it out there. Uh, <laughs> but um, let me give you a quick summary of this specific thing. So end of October 2022... Elon Musk takes over Twitter. And one of the first things that he made very clear is that he is no fan. Not even I think that's even downplaying it. He is outright disdainful 
of the legacy verified checkmark system as it's would become to be known. Uh, it was just the verification system then. But he was not a fan of A, the people with the blue check marks, and B, how the old Twitter before Musk handed out those blue check marks. And to understand what those check marks mean, and really, uh, you know, personally, I did not care about them. Like, as for me personally, obviously, as part of my work, I care about them because I cover it. But for like, if I wasn't a journalist covering this stuff, I, I wouldn't care about it because it, it did nothing but verify that you were the one person who you claimed to be on that platform. And let me explain. So in the early days of social media, it really was the Wild West. Uh, I recall this, and maybe you, some of you will too, that if you were a celebrity, and I'm talking about like a real celebrity. I don't mean just the people that Twitter ended up giving verification to. I mean, if you were an actor or an actress, like a Hollywood celebrity, if you were you know, a worldwide, you know, global musical artist, a band singer, if you were a professional athlete, if you were some sort of, you know, well-known media figure or politician, you had to constantly remind people on the various social media platforms what your official account was. And you'd have to regularly point to fake accounts that would pop up on a regular basis and say, this is not me, that's not me, that's not my account, this is my official account there, this is my official account there. It was so consistent that you, 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 I mean, it wasn't fun to follow these guys because they would have to, the, like, a good portion of their content was trying to tell people to stay away from these impersonators. You know, whether it was just fans or people parroting them, which weren't the worst ones, but then you had the impersonators who did so in bad faith. Uh, also, you had scammers try to do this. So, Basically, Twitter, in 2009, they were facing a lawsuit from a former Major League Baseball player who was suing them over one of these impersonator parody accounts. And so in 2009, Twitter decides to roll out this verification system, which is just to point out that, hey, we've contacted this particular actor, musician, athlete, we confirmed with them or their agent or their manager or whomever that this is their official account. So we're putting a check mark on it. So on this platform, you know that when you come here to talk to Justin Bieber or Lady Gaga or, I don't know, Tom Cruise, guess what? If they got the verification, you're actually tweeting at them. You're actually following them. When you read a tweet from that account, that's actually them, or at least a representative for an official representative for them. And this is one of the reasons why Twitter became very popular with that particular user base. It wasn't Facebook they flocked to at first. It wasn't YouTube. Uh, you know, it wasn't any of these other social media platforms. Famous people went to Twitter for that very reason. 
they wouldn't have to constantly tell people, no, that's not my Facebook account anymore. They would simply say, guess what? I'm not on any of those platforms anymore except Twitter. And you know this is my one and only Twitter account because the company itself verified it and put the check mark there for you all to see. So that's basically what the check mark started as. Now, over the years, as Twitter rolled out the, you know, broadened the verification system and gave it to more, you know, media figures, journalists, whomever, certain people with various different political affiliations decided that this was being doled out, you know, in a, in a very ideological fashion, which, listen, I've said this before, and it's true. Twitter's verification system in terms of who they chose to verify and who they would say, no, you're, you're not getting verified, didn't make sense to me in terms of like why they would choose to verify this particular media figure and not that particular media figure who would apply and get turned down. I got my blue check mark when I was working for a media company and basically they reached out to that company. It was Cafe at the time. Um... And they reached out to that company and that or cafe reached out to them. I forget who who started, but Twitter confirmed that, yeah, we want to verify certain we will we will verify certain, uh, you know, of, of your your, you know, journalists, media figures, whomever. And I was one of those people. Um, so the system was was very random later on. So no doubt about it. It could have been overhauled. But it certainly wasn't purely ideological because Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh of The Daily Caller, uh, Mike Cernovich, uh, Mr. Pizzagate himself, uh, Jack uh, Bumblejack uh, Posobiec, these people were all verified. And I want to I make sure that's clear because those people are all on various <laughs> parts of the right-wing spectrum. And they all received that verification. So it wasn't something like, oh, they weren't verifying right-wingers. Yet, for some reason, uh, that became the sort of narrative that Twitter was only verifying, you know, uh, uh, you know, their buddies on the left. And it just wasn't true. Again, system wasn't perfect. There were people who probably got verified because they knew somebody at Twitter when they probably shouldn't have been. Uh, and there were definitely people who got verified, who, who didn't get verified, who were told, no, we're not verifying you when they probably should have. But it was a weird system. It wasn't purely on ideological lines. But, you know, Musk comes in and he feeds into this idea, or he is feeding into this idea, that it was... The, you know, the blue check marks are all like blue check journalists, which became like a, a, a like a, a diss over the years. Like, oh, blue check journal or whatever. And so he decided that he wanted to do away with the old verification system. And instead of make it better, maybe really, truly, uh, you'd have to reach a certain level, like uh, like how Wikipedia works, where there are a number of Wikipedia editors who determine whether a wiki entry is, you know, hit certain guidelines that warrant it being on the website. 
he could have done something like that, but no, he instead decides that he's going to turn it, his words, uh, not verbatim, but general idea was it's going to be the great equalizer. An equal playing field. That's his version of how Twitter's going to be with the old verification system gone. Now, I'm all for that. In fact, I've said that if you truly want to have a free speech social media platform where everyone's equal, you would just take out everything that modern day social media platforms utilize. You would remove those sorts of verification systems, sure. You would remove, especially remove, any sort of algorithm that promotes certain content. Recommendation algorithm, algorithm based on um, you know, how many likes or retweets or interactions content gets. You would remove them all. You would just let everyone's words fend for themselves and popular or entertaining or knowledgeable content would automatically flow through the platform as people share it on their own. Problem there is a lot of shit will also, like straight up garbage, will also flourish and will drive users away. And a lot of, you know, not so great content like straight up hate uh, and and racial slurs and and white supremacist neo-Nazi material will also, uh, you know, find its way to the top. And advertisers won't want to advertise and... Lo and behold, you find your way, you find yourself working your way back to modern day social media platform moderation, which has algorithms and takes down bad content and does all sorts of things like that. But Musk's idea is none of that. Musk's idea is you pay $8, you get a verification badge. And I should note that even when it was first launched under the name Twitter Blue, There wasn't even like basic verification, and that's why in November they had to temporarily shut the program down when people started quickly, uh, you know, setting up an account, buying that Twitter blue verification, getting the check mark automatically without any sort of check on who's paying and why. And they would just make their account pretend to be, uh, what was the big one? Oh, Eli Lilly, where they uh, pretended they were going to all of a sudden give out, uh, what was it, insulin for free. Right. And uh, that was a problem for advertisers and brands on Twitter. Right. You had people with the check mark pretending to be them saying all sorts of stuff that's going to hurt their company. I mean, in that particular example that I mentioned, it ended up working out for everybody else uh, when uh, (laughs) decided to actually lower the price, which some people feel like was because of, um, you know, the, the Twitter thing playing a role into it. But that's. The idea of paying for verification, which Musk also adds later on, also will give users a boost in the algorithm, just basically blows up the whole idea of the platform will now uh, give everyone an equal playing field. Because if you don't want to pay the $8 or can't afford the $8 subscription, you know, people all over the world have different, you know, there's different minimum wages, different living wages, different um, you know, weekly wages that people make, different salaries, $8 here is a lot different than $8 in developing nation. Um, you know, if you don't have that or don't want to pay it for whatever reason, you uh, don't get that boost in the algorithm. So, I mean, right off the bat, Musk is, Musk's idea 
in terms of how he's marketing it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, obviously he's been a hype man for a long time. Everything from Tesla with its full self-driving, that's going to be truly full self-driving every year. Uh, promised at the end of the year it's going to come out. And of course, here we are, 2023, and he's still promising that it at the end of this year for sure. And then we also have with SpaceX, uh, what was it? Uh, about 12 years ago now, he said, you know, he can see a scenario where in 10 years we'll be on Mars. To be fair, he also gave himself a little more of a leeway and said it's also possible it could be 15 years if that best case scenario of 10 years doesn't work out. So folks, put that in your, uh, you know, make sure you mark that in your uh, your your uh, calendar that uh, three years uh, we'll be on Mars. Uh, we can work our way back to that too in three years on one of my shows uh, and see, see if Elon delivered that one. So, you know, Musk is used to marketing, uh, you know, mumbo jumbo bullshit. And Twitter blue was no different. So the idea from Musk was always that eventually he would remove the legacy verified users, those people verified under the old system. And people on Twitter who had the blue check mark would solely be made up of Twitter blue subscribers, paying subscribers, people who pay Twitter monthly for the blue check mark and that algorithm boost. Yeah, there's other features. I don't think anyone really cares for them as much as they do those first two. Maybe you're one of those people who do. I don't think you're in the majority, though. Uh, so give me one second. I needed a drink. So fast forward now to uh, this year. After a brief pause of the verification of the Twitter blue verification, it was relaunched in like mid December. We're now in 2023, and Musk announces that. On April 1st, the legacy verified check marks will be removed. Doesn't happen on April 1st. Another one of those uh, uh, Musk, <laughs> Musk promises that it isn't deliver on. But then he comes back and says, we'll give him a few more weeks. And what I think happened here is that Twitter Blue subscriptions were not going well. Now, I, I can't, I, I've, I've been covering the Twitter Blue subscription data for what feels like months now on uh, maybe a, I would say a weekly or bi-weekly basis every other week maybe um, there's a great developer researcher you know computer data whiz uh, named Travis Brown and for the past couple of months he's been using his uh, a methodology he came up with in tandem with the Twitter API that he had access to to basically track Twitter blue subscribers since the very he's been able to go back to November when Twitter the, the first iteration under Musk of Twitter blue first launched and he's been tracking the subscriber numbers and all sorts of data about these subscribers and now I, I can't recall exactly what those numbers were in like March or April. I, I know what they are now. But in March, April, I can't recall what they were, but it, it wasn't a lot. It was somewhere around half a million paying subscribers, 500,000. Now, you know, 500,000 subscribers at $8 a month is only about $4 million a year. I mean, excuse me, $4 million a month, which, you know, give or take, what, $50 million a year 
Now recall, the point of Musk's subscription service wasn't just to stick it to the blue check marks. It was also to bring in a new revenue stream for Twitter because they had lost roughly half of their biggest advertisers when Musk took over. Now, in 2021, which is the last year, full year, that uh, you know, Twitter was a public company, and that was all you know where they had to file their their you know their annual report. Um, in 2021, Twitter made five billion dollars, and of that five billion dollars, four point five billion dollars of that was from advertising revenue. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of their revenue. That's a large percentage. Of their revenue. So if they lose a significant number of that, like say half, that's a problem. That's a problem. So this subscription idea from Musk was partially to make up for that. Now, uh, I'm not a math whiz. As you can see, I, I if you're watching the stream, I, I took a second and I probably had a, a dull look on my face for that quick second where I tried to do the math on what 4 million times uh, 12 was. But... Uh, that number, which is around 48 to 50 million, isn't quite 4.5 billion. It's not even close. I think. I think. I could be wrong. Again, correct me. So, this Twitter blue thing was partially for that too. But anyway, so we're looking at around 500,000 Twitter blue subscribers. And I think what Musk was thinking was that once he removes those. Twitter verifications from the old legacy verified users. And there was about 400 to 420,000 of those users, those legacy verified users. I think he figured that if he removed those, a good chunk of that 400 to 420,000 users would miss their check mark and pay for it. I mean, you have to recall that if you got that check mark, it's not only that you were, you know, a notable user on the platform, but you probably used the platform a lot too to to like worry about you know, people impersonating you. So, a large chunk of those users were also Twitter power users. So, I guess the assumption was, you know, this is this is the user base I would market this paid plan to. And they got no reason to pay if they got check marks already. So, I removed the check marks they're in. What? Let's say 300,000 of them sign up right away. They want their check mark, right? Well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. It wasn't even close. I believe in the days leading up to that uh, April 1st date, there was only something like 13, 14, maybe 15,000 legacy verified users who ended up paying for Twitter Blue. I guess the, the fear of losing the checkmark worked for that number of users, but it ended up being less than 4.8% of all those 400,000 plus legacy verified users uh, in terms of who ended up buying Twitter Blue. So I think that's why he pushed back that first date, that he wanted to give people more time. I didn't do it this time. I'm going to do it. Sign up now. Well, he gives the date of 420, Get it? Ha ha ha, the weed number. Elon Musk is a meme lord. Um, so he gives that date. And lo and behold, Elon does something 
that he very rarely does. And that is he delivered on a promise on April 20th. He actually had Twitter remove the legacy verified check marks. And he did that to all accounts who were legacy verified unless they were paying to subscribe to Twitter Blue. Except for three specific users. LeBron James, Stephen King, and William Shatner. Well, now, let's let's take Shatner first because he was upset about losing the checkmark. And I think, based on vague tweets that Shatner and Musk shared back and forth, that Elon contacted Shatner and offered to provide him with the blue checkmark for free. Shatner obliged. He thanked him publicly without specifying what it was for. And that was it. But LeBron and Stephen King, they were not receptive to that offer. In fact, uh, LeBron made it clear he was not going to pay money for the blue check mark. Stephen King made it clear he was not going to pay for the blue check mark. Now, it wasn't like Shatner who just complained he would lose his. LeBron and Stephen King said they were not going to pay for it. Now, I believe it was The Verge that reported that Elon Musk actually reached out to LeBron or his people, whomever he got in touch to, and offered the same thing that he offered Shatner. But LeBron turned it down. LeBron specifically said, no, I'll pass on your offer to give me the checkmark for free. I don't believe Stephen King was contacted, or if he tried to, I I don't think he got in touch with King because King was confused by the whole thing. And... I should point out that in the early days of Twitter Blue, like when he first, like in the early days of when Musk uh, acquired Twitter, I should say, he, he, he like was shooting the shit on Twitter and was like trying out different price points for Twitter Blue before it launched, like just by tweeting it out. And Stephen King was like, that's ridiculous. And Musk was like, come on, pay, you wouldn't pay $20 a month. I got to pay the bill somehow. And Stephen King was like, no, $20 is ridiculous. I'm paying $20 for a check mark. And Musk was re- replied back, what about eight? And that's where the $8 thing came from. It came from a back and forth in Stephen King's mentions. And Musk became obsessed with the $8 thing and started trolling people with the whole, oh, LOL, pay $8 thing, replying to everybody uh, who said they weren't going to pay for it. Uh, but I would like to point out that apparently Elon Musk is such a good businessman that <laughs> that he started at 20 Stephen King haggled Musk went down to 8 Stephen King apparently haggled some more by just saying no still not interested and Musk was able to cut a deal that brought Stephen King's price down to negative $8 where Stephen King got it for free I mean that's that's the businessman that Musk is right <laughs> And that's really the true deal maker that Stephen King is. I mean, maybe Stephen King should be our next president, right? If we want a president deals, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Donald Trump, maybe maybe Stephen King is the real deal maker. Maybe we should get uh, King. President King. I like the sound of that. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll come back actually to that point because I do want to come back to that whole idea of how Twitter Blue was marketed by Musk. But we'll come back to that in a second. First, let's now get back to April 20th. So the legacy verified check marks are removed. 
420,000 users minus the 15,000 or so that's that are paying for blue Twitter blue. Those 420,000 or so users don't have the blue check marks anymore. We're talking like big celebrities like like again like Katy Perry, Lady Gaga. Again, you might not think it, those celebrities matter. And I don't really I'm not fans of of most of these celebrities. Uh, Lady Gaga's got some good songs. But I'm not a fan of most of these celebrities. But you have to understand that from a business standpoint, the this is like these platforms bread and butter. To say that you actually have that celebrity on your platform and again, unlike those other platforms like Facebook or whatever, like Usually you can tell that like on Facebook when a celebrity posts from their page, it's very clearly not them. It's like their business manager or something just posting out tour dates and stuff like that. On Twitter, though, you can tell that a lot of them really do use their account to interact with their fans. And that's a big selling point for you to say like that's what makes Twitter Twitter because you have to keep in mind Twitter was never really a big tech platform. Again, I know conservatives like to say, you know, throw Twitter in that group and say big tech's out to get us and Twitter's the worst offender. But Twitter was never a big tech platform from a from a, a user base level, from a, 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 a revenue a money making aspect. They were never Meta, which owns Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. They were never Alphabet, which, you know, it's a parent company of Google, YouTube, uh, never Amazon. Never Microsoft, never Netflix, uh, never even TikTok or Snapchat. Both TikTok and Snapchat have a much larger user base than Twitter ever did. And both those platforms are newer than Twitter, especially TikTok. Twitter was always put in that upper echelon of tech platforms, not because of the number of users it had or the number in their bank account, but it was because exactly who made up the users that they had. It's very big in the news media industry and the media industry as a whole. Uh, It was used as a breaking news platform, which those other platforms can say they are. It had certain aspects to it directly because of the specific users it had. Many of them verified under the old system is what made Twitter relevant. So that's important to keep in mind. Again, I'll come back to how Twitter was marketed. I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's really going back. I don't want to jump around too much, even though I sort of am. But uh, I'm trying to keep this on a timeline here so it's easy to follow. So all those accounts don't have the checkmark anymore. And again, Travis Brown, with all his data he's pulled, the morning after those check marks are removed, he discovers that Twitter only gains a net of around 28 former legacy verified users turned Twitter blue subscribers. I say net because it was like something like 200 or 300 something, but when it but when he factors in the users who unsubscribed, it only came out to about something like 28 net from remove, from the removal of those legacy verified accounts. So things weren't looking good. And then I have this piece in the works. 
I've been working on it for a few weeks. Um, I recall, I, I, like me personally, I recalled that back in November when the Twitter Blue, Twitter Blue was first launched, there was this beginnings of a Block the Blue campaign. This call for users on the platform to show their, you know, their feelings, I guess, about the idea of paying for the checkmark by blocking users who do that, who pay for the checkmark. And at the time, being that legacy verified users also existed, there wasn't really an easy way to do that except for, first of all, you would see an account that had the checkmark. You would click on it. If it was legacy verified, it would say so. If it was a Twitter blue paying subscriber, it would say so. But still, that's like two or three steps just to see, and then you'd have to block them. So, you know, it, it was tweeted out. It didn't really take off. But one of the accounts that tweeted about it with the hashtag block the blue was Twitter legend drill. And, you know, I don't know how else to describe him because, uh, you know, he's a funny shit posting, weird Twitter, funny comedy account. Uh, in my opinion, he's probably the biggest self-contained, self-made Twitter user. Now, you know, there are people who've made their careers off Twitter, but usually they start on Twitter to get some attention and they use it as a jump off into, you know, acting or stand up or whatever. You know, Rob Delaney's a great example of that. You know, he started on Twitter, got, got, um, got sort of well known from Twitter and used that to, you know, um, buoy his stand-up career and then move into shows and TV and movies. Now, Drill never did any of that. He was simply a Twitter user who tweeted funny shit and gained 1.7 million Twitter followers. You know, well after that, he got like a a uh, short-lived Adult Swim show uh, where he still was Drill. Uh, so, you know, an anonymous Twitter user growing that size, I don't think there's anyone else who's even close to him who's had that same trajectory in terms of, uh, you know, followers. So I reached out to Drill, knowing that these Twitter verified check marks were going to be taken away. And I had a feeling that the Block the Blue campaign was going to really ramp up when it became clear that if you have a check mark, you're paying for it. There's no need to check anything else. You could just hit that block button if you don't like it. So I reached out to him, sent him a few questions. He got back to me. And, you know, I, 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 I had a feeling the piece would do well because drill content, when he tweets, gets tens of thousands of uh, interactions. And I had drill saying stuff that wasn't previously published. Uh, and I held it, though, knowing that it would, it would matter more it would be relevant when people started, you know, the block the blue campaign again. So Thursday evening into like Friday, I noticed people starting to tweet about blocking blue checks, and I, I, I reached out to some other people who were who was tweeting who were tweeting about it. Like, uh, remember Eve Six, the '90s rock band who had that hit song, uh, you know, "I Wanna Put My Tender Heart in a Blender." You know, I'm not gonna sing it for you. Maybe another day I would sing for you, but I'm not, my voice is not feeling it after talking for now 40 minutes on my own. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I reached out to them. The, they, they gave me a few answers to why they were partaking in the campaign. Reached out to some other accounts they were taking, uh, about why they were taking part. And so Friday I published a piece. 
the day after the blue check marks get taken away, April 21st. And piece goes viral. It gets a, a, a know your a meme uh, dot com entry almost immediately with you know the hashtag block the blue, uh, like tens of thousands of interactions from uh, Friday into Saturday morning. Hashtag block the blue is trending on Twitter. Uh, it was clearly a big deal uh, on Twitter, and it was starting to you know I it was at the point where I would check, and like every like. 30 seconds, there'd be like 20 new tweets coming in. And on Saturday, I notice that Elon Musk is starting to obviously become aware of what's going on because he's beginning to like uh, tweets that mention Block the Blue. Now, one of those tweets was from this old school tech evangelist named Robert Scoble. This guy's like all in on AI now. He's like one of those guys who jumps from like hype to hype. Uh, whatever the latest tech hype is. I mean, really, I should do a whole scam economy episode on him and guys like him. Uh, I will. So... Oh, sorry, I had a error here on my... Luckily, I don't think the feed dropped. No, we're good. Okay. It did not drop. Good, 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 good. Um, so, I noticed Robert Scoble tweet out his dislike for the Block the Blue campaign because he's all in with, you know, Elon Musk's vision, apparently. And... He screenshots my article and includes it in the tweet. And Musk likes that tweet, critiquing it. So I knew that he was aware. And then Musk also liked another tweet, which is my favorite of the bunch. Uh, this one's from the... Oh, and if you're not, if you're not familiar of, with who Robert Scoble is, uh, because you're not into tech, you might know who he is because he's the guy who in... What was it like early 2010s, maybe late 2000s, who single-handedly, <laughs> he single-handedly pretty much killed Google Glass. Remember Google's like, uh, you know, uh, AR tech glasses. We could constantly record and stuff like that. When he posted a selfie of himself naked in the shower wearing Google Glass. It was like the worst PR thing ever for Google. They like wish he didn't do it. They, they like it really like turned Google Glass into like forever being pegged as the ultimate fucking loser. Mark of a loot. Like Google Glass was the original <laughs> Twitter blue check mark. <laughs> right. So basically, yeah. Um So to the other tweet, my favorite though came from Tim Sweeney, the founder and CEO of Epic Games, uh, the, which is the, the company that created Fortnite. Now, this one's hard for me because I, I absolutely am having a great time. Uh, whoops, I just messed up my mic. I'm having a great time um, playing Fortnite with my son right now. Uh, they got a Star Wars thing going on. 
me and my son are just going through the entire season. We're at like level 80 something now. So this one was rough. This one was rough. But this dude's a billionaire. And he tweets out this hilarious tweet. Tim Sweeney tweets. And remember, Elon Musk likes this tweet. People in this hashtag block the blue pressure campaign are losers and goons. They're the cool kids from junior high who work to exclude we nerds from cool kid events. So he's basically, uh, you know, in the ultimate, again, so you, on, on, one, on one tweet, you got the guy who single-handedly turned Google Glass into the mark of a loser. And on the other hand, you have the founder of Epic Games uh, obsessing over his junior high school days saying that the Twitter Blue subscribers are the nerds in junior high school and the people blocking them are the cool kids who ostensibly, I guess, stuffed people like Tim Sweeney in the locker back in junior high. I mean, listen, if you're going to market a product or at least show your support for it, you probably should not say, Hey, buy this product if you want everyone to know you were the kid who got wedgies in school. You were the flagpole sitter in school. You probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do that. Probably shouldn't do that. That's not, a, that's, not a selling, that's not a selling point if you ask me. It's not a selling point. But anyway. But anyway. I you know what what can you do? We could we could probably get a that's probably an episode out of its own on one on, on maybe even scam economy as well. I mean I really do actually think that mindset um, drives a lot of what's going on in the tech world that bears fruit to the products and services that make for the scam economy. Really, uh, truly. Uh Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so so that's Saturday, April 22nd. There is a tweet from Elon a few hours after I noticed all this as Block the Blue is really taken off. He simply tweets out, checkmate. Two separate words, checkmate. And I had a feeling he was going to do something. I didn't know. Um, you know, um, as you all might be aware by now, he... he clearly knows who I am. Um, I cover Twitter. It's my beat. Um, as you all know, I'm a horrible self-promoter. I'm terrible at bragging and pumping up my content and letting people know, uh, you know, when I do something that's really good. I'm horrible at it. I'm horrible at it. You guys, my regular listeners tell me that. They, you, they could see it with how many, you know, uh, YouTube subscribers or Patreon subscribers I have because I'm horrible at self-promotion. But I will say, you know, I am probably, in terms of my Twitter work, um, you know, you could count on really probably one, maybe one and a half hands, um, people who cover this Twitter beat and are on top of it. Like really get the scoops and the good stuff. Um, and, and I think I, I'm in that group of maybe like 
six or seven people, honestly. Um, and so, you know, he's obviously aware of who I am due to that, the Elon Jet thing where I got suspended along with seven other journalists who were covering when he uh, banned the Elon Jet Tracker account and the college student who created it. Um, you know, I was temporarily suspended for that. Uh, and then I had discovered a glitch in Twitter spaces where even a suspended account could get into Twitter spaces and actually interact, like speak in a Twitter spaces. And I discovered that while I was suspended. And shortly after Twitter actually took Twitter spaces down for like 24 hours while they patched that glitch so it would never happen again. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've just, through my reporting and my work discovering what's going on at Twitter, I've created a lot of, uh, I'm sure, headaches or, you know, agita for them. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm always fair. I'm always fair. And I've said it many times. I think some of Elon Musk's spoken ideas on where he wanted to take Twitter are quite good. The problem is he's done none of them. And we get a little bit more into that later. Uh, too. But you know, that's I've I've been extremely fair on this guy. If he came in and I thought he did great moves, I would say so. And I said his spoken ideas, some of them I, I thought would be good. But he's not even just not it's not even that he hasn't done them, it's that in almost every case, he's done the exact opposite. But again, well let's hold that to the side. So the checkmate tweet from us. So I had a feeling he'd do something. I assumed he would, I don't know, block the the block the blue hashtag or I, I had no clue. I really didn't have any idea. Someone even tweeted at me, uh, hey, uh, what if he puts the check mark on you? Wouldn't that be funny? And I actually replied to that person because I, I thought it would be funny. I even said, I, I don't think he would do that because it would actually be very funny. And, you know, if you know Musk, he's constantly trying to be funny on Twitter. He wishes he was a poster. He's just not. It's not natural to him. I mean, I think that drives a lot of the decisions he makes. He's clearly very obsessed with his numbers, his interactions, his retweets, his likes, his follower account. And so he thinks everyone else is as well. And he thinks the Twitter blue verification, the old school verification, had something to do with that. Like, he he falsely thought, and a lot of his supporters and a lot of right-wingers believe this too. You could see it from their tweets when they complain that, I'm playing for Twitter Blue and I'm not getting enough, you know, enough interactions. Elon, something's wrong with the algorithm. I only got 100 followers and I'm paying for Twitter Blue and no one's liking my tweets. No one's seeing my stuff. They, they really do think that, you know, Beyonce and Lady Gaga were getting lots of followers and a lot of retweets and likes because they were verified. They they literally thought that was the way it worked. When in reality, as we all know, no, Lady Gaga and Beyonce and all those people, they got verified because they are huge in their respective industries or at least well-known in their respective industries. And they naturally get lots of followers and retweets and interactions and likes and that's why Twitter gave them the check mark. Like that's there's, there's not a chicken and egg, the, the chicken and the egg scenario. We don't know which came first. We know, 
at Twitter. Maybe for those guys, they weren't sure, but we all like, <laughs> at least I hope people who watch my show, or listen to my shows, know that because that's how it works. Uh, it should be clear, but apparently it's not. So anyway, Elon tweets out the checkmate thing. I uh, didn't think he was going to do it. I didn't think he would think of it. And then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually at my kid's first soccer game of the season. My phone starts buzzing. I check. And <laughs> lo and behold, a bunch of people are letting me know with screenshots and everything that Elon Musk put the Twitter blue check mark on my account. And on Drill's account, too. It was, you know, I, I, I had to, you know, uh, uh, say I had to correct myself. Uh, I even said I stand corrected. Uh, Elon did the very first funny thing he's ever done. Um, I, I thought it was funny. I really did. I thought, uh, I, I don't know if he came up with that idea himself. People sent me tweets that got good interactions prior to that that just said, wouldn't it be funny if Elon did that? Oh, someone said because there was an at Twitter, uh, there was an at block the blue account that had like 30 something thousand followers and was run by someone who used to run one of those Twitter block lists where you like, you know, you set it up and it would automatically block users on that block list. Um, Twitter suspended that um, account shortly after my piece on Friday went up. And someone had tweeted, you know, why would they suspend it when the obvious funny thing would have been to give the block the blue account a blue check mark? So it's possible they did see it. But anyway, I got the check mark, Drew got the check mark, and I thought it was very funny. And then it created a very funny um, fight between Drill and Twitter that day where basically if you pay for Twitter Blue and you have the check mark and you change your profile, like the username, like not the ad handle, but like the profile name, uh, but also if you change the username, but you just have to, ch- but, but the profile name too. <laughs> if you change either the username, the profile name, or your profile picture, Twitter temporarily takes down the check mark just to verify you're not trying to impersonate anybody. And then they put the check mark back on. Drill knew this. He changed his name, his profile name. Twitter, I guess, was waiting for him to do it. They immediately put the check mark back on. Drill changed his name again. They immediately put the check mark back on again. And this went back and forth a few times before finally, I guess, whoever was at Twitter headquarters. Uh, on Saturday evening, stuck doing this by order of Elon Musk. I guess eventually they did have to go home for the day. And they basically kept Drill's account in sort of some sort of Twitter like limbo where his account is locked. He can't change his profile information. He doesn't have the check mark, but his profile name is like stuck saying like slave to the woke or something like that, which was which was one of the names he put on him put on himself just to get the check mark off. Uh, and, you know, he's still stuck in that limbo. At least as I'm doing this live stream now. And so. And so basically, it was a very funny day. Um, I was in the same category for a short time as just LeBron James and Stephen King and William Shatner and, and of course, Drill. Well, maybe like 
45 minutes to an hour after. All these other users start saying, oh, I'm, I'm getting the check mark too. What the hell? I think the first person I saw was Hassan Piker. Uh, and by the end of the evening, it became clear that Twitter gave out complimentary Twitter Blue subscriptions to every Twitter user who had more than 1 million subscribers. Uh, followers, excuse me. More than 1 million followers. Uh, you know, a lot of people were pissed about this because the check mark now said with a label that this user is subscribed to Twitter Blue and verified their phone number, which obviously these celebrities did not do. Also, being that it said that they subscribed to Twitter Blue and made it seem like it made it seem like they were, you know, giving their you know, thumbs up for this service. They were promoting this service. If one of their fans was like, oh, why does this, why does this musician, this singer, this actor have the check mark and checked? Oh, they have Twitter blue. I want Twitter blue too because I am a fan of this celebrity. Now, people were pissed about it. And then also, people were pissed because there were people who were deceased. Even well before Elon even bought Twitter who got this Twitter blue mark on their account. You know, people like Norm MacDonald, uh, Anthony Bourdain, one that people were really bothered about because the Saudi uh, invest the Saudi investment into uh, Musk's Twitter was Jamal Khashoggi's account. Uh, that was verified under Twitter Blue as well. Uh, but also, some users with more than a million followers didn't get verified like former Twitter CEO and founder Jack Dorsey, which was very clearly purposefully not provided with the check mark. You know, and then of course there are people who were pissed that they would be caught in the block, the blue and get blocked because nobody wanted the check mark anymore. Because remember, like Tim Sweeney said, it was the cool kid thing to do not to have the check mark. Now for me, I um, didn't go the jewel route. Because I noticed something very funny. And that was, it would be very funny to troll various <laughs> right-wingers who constantly complained that they weren't getting enough retweets even though they were subscribing to Blue. Like, the very first thing I did was I found a cat turd <laughs> tweet where cat turd was complaining he paid $8. Um, and I tweeted at him. I went... Oh, you're you're paying eight dollars? I'm I'm I I got my I got my check mark for free. <laughs> uh, you know you know they had to bother him. I hope he saw it. I think he saw it. You know they had to bother. Him. Anyway, I did that to a few people actually, um, and I also just decided to keep it for uh, reasons of using it for the algorithm. Uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And I've decided that um, based on people who have let me know that algorithm boost is for real. And um, I've been retweeting as many people using it to get my work in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Um, oh, Ole's in the, the chat. Hey, Ole. Uh, everyone should check out my... Uh, I do too many shows, but I do Leftist Mafia every Thursday evening. With Ole, with uh, Mike of The Humanist Report, with David Dole of Rational National, Lance of The Surfs, 
Illuminati. It's a whole big crew of your favorite Twitter lefties. Internet lefties, really. Online lefties in general. Your favorite streaming lefties. Um, all right, so back to the Twitter thing. So I thought, you know, I thought it was quite funny that um, that I got it, that it gave me that, I don't know if he meant to do that, but it gave me that boost, so I've decided to keep it and, and use it to my advantage until until maybe I... Uh, I guess the ultimate goal is for them to eventually want to take it away from me because it's just too much for them to handle. Like they can't, they can't handle it anymore. Seeing me <laughs> constantly use it to uh, share my Twitter reporting, my reporting on Twitter and Musk. <laughs> uh, so all you know, all these accounts get it. Um, uh, and I should add that, like at first, they just put the check mark on us. Like it was just that. And then by the next day, they actually officially gave us those Twitter Blue subscriptions. Like, I get all the bonus stuff now. I haven't used any of them because I'm not going to. The, I'm not, my, 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 the idea is to just use the, the extras that help with the distribution of content. I'm not going to use any of those editing or long tweet or other features which I think actually degrade the platform. I think they're all really bad. Never. You'll never see a long tweet from me. That's not the point of Twitter. Twitter's for short-form content. Every time I see a tweet that says, show more, and you press it, and it's fucking like... The Odyssey. Christ. That's not what Twitter is. <laughs> um, anyway... So that's where Twitter Blue is right now. Musk clearly pumping up those numbers, trying to stop the Block the Blue campaign. Uh, I think part of it is also realizing that people's feeds were just going to be full of really low-quality, shitty content. And you already notice it in the reply section because if you've if you got the Twitter Blue check mark, you've probably noticed if you're on Twitter, you automatically get prioritized placement when you reply to a tweet. When you open up a tweet and scroll down to the replies, all the first replies are all from Twitter Blue subscribers. And they're really low quality. Like, really low quality. And in fact, based on that Twitter Blue data from Travis Brown, roughly half of all Twitter Blue subscribers, and there's about 650,000 of them now, uh, as of uh, uh, April 30th, that was the last data poll, end of April, roughly half of them have less than 1,000 followers. Something like 20% have less than 100 followers. And a few thousand have zero followers. Now, I'm not saying this to knock anyone who has low follower counts on Twitter. There's, of course, great tweets and content I've seen from people who just don't have that big of a following. And, you know, for whatever reason, they haven't, their account hasn't blown up or gotten big or whatever. Those people aren't the people who are buying Twitter Blue. The Twitter Blue subscribers who have that low follower count are people, and you see them again. I'm, this is just, if anyone who uses Twitter knows exactly what I'm talking about, it's low quality content, it's people who are, are, are dying for clout and can't get it. Because their content isn't any good. 
And so they're under the idea, based on Musk's marketing to them, that paying for Twitter Blue will get their content out there. Um, you know, it's just not true. Sorry to break the news to you guys. Um, you know, you may be getting the eyeballs, but shitty content won't get you followers or interactions. No matter how hard the algorithm boosts you. And so let me let me let me touch upon now the um that I want to come back to that idea I came to I brought up before that I'd say to get to like the, the crux of the problem for Musk. And that is he built this baby for himself. This problem he has is one of his own making. Snapchat, for example, came out with a premium service just a few months before Twitter did. Paid for service. Snapchat, six months in, has three million paying subscribers. They got it to a million in two months. They now have three million paying subscribers. More than three million, actually. Twitter is not even close to hitting a million yet. And that's if there's, you know, it doesn't go backwards. Because we've yet to really see uh, what uh, churn looks like when people start unsubscribing after realizing that they aren't getting what they thought they would get out of it. But Musk has created this problem on his own. Because instead of going the Snapchat route and advertising a subscription service for its features, he decided to sell it in two main ways, really. One, as a political stance. He made it quite clear that paying for Twitter Blue means you support my version, my vision of Twitter. Right down to my, you know, right-wing leaning politics, that ideology that drives exactly how I run Twitter. And people won't purchase it simply for that reason. I mean, they don't want to be seen with that blue check mark among all the people who do buy it to show their support for Musk, which is like a gaggle of far right wing influencers, white supremacists and neo Nazis. Like, I mean, I'm I'm separating the 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 right wing influencers with that group because I mean, literally people with racial slurs in their username who are posting straight up swastikas and uh, pro. Hitler content, honestly. They don't want to be seen among the Tesla fanboys, which is the other main group of Twitter blue subscribers. They just, they just don't want to be in that group. And then the second thing that must problem that must create him for himself is he marketed it to its power users. By antagonizing them. Like, think about it. He, while it was very funny, he shamed me and Drill by giving us the visual proof of subscribing 
to his paid subscription service. Do you guys understand how very funny, but how also silly that is from a business standpoint? I'm going to shame people by giving you a complimentary subscription to the service I ostensibly want you to eventually want and pay for. It just doesn't make any sense. And also to antagonize people. The idea that the pay $8, pay $8, these are the people, again, the, the verified users, the old verified users are made up of a lot of Twitter power users. And that is that group that you should really be converting. You should have like a really high conversion rate in terms of your power users, especially being at the Twitter blue product. This is another problem for him, actually. Like 80% of Twitter users barely ever post. They go to Twitter for the content. They use Twitter as like a news feed or basically just to follow their favorite, um, you know, celebrities. They follow their favorite sports accounts to get, you know, score updates and stuff. Only 20% of Twitter users really make up the content that are on the platform. And so if you're part of that 80%, why are you? Why would you buy Twitter Blue? There's no feature set there for you. It's all about promoting your content. If you're not creating any, why would you pay for it? And if you are creating content, then that's when those other two issues come into play. You would be visually signaling that you support Musk's vision, which a lot of those people don't. And he wanted to sell it to you. He tried to convince you to to buy it by basically being antagonistic, which isn't which doesn't win over customers. Potential customers, I should say. <sighs> well, that's that's really all of it, I think. It's the perfect combination of a doom story because of the political slants. And the perfect combination of a scam economy story. Again, not crypto, although again, Elon Musk has dabbled in it quite a lot. Has promoted Dogecoin and has been responsible for various pump and dumps. Um, but that ethos that drives the scam economy is also that ethos sort of behind this as well. And so, wait, what's next? I mean, I really, I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait to find out, honestly, because I'm have, I'm, I'm having, I'm having a good time seeing this play out. I know people think like I, uh, like people, people constantly like my, my haters are constantly replying to me. If you hate Twitter so much, why are you still here? Just leave already. I mean, I don't like what he's doing to it, but I'm reporting on it. Because that's, that's what I do. So I'm going to stay on Twitter. But also from a personal standpoint. like I hate what he's doing to it. Because it is hurting various groups of people. His direction. But for me personally. As you all know. I'm, I'm, I could be a masochist when it comes to this stuff. I'm, I'm quite enjoying seeing how this plays out. Uh... Just like I enjoy seeing the various crypto scams and pump and dumps play out the way they do. Uh, Because I I enjoy seeing 
the facade of the genius billionaire just be destroyed in front of your very eyes, really. I mean, it's 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 a service, really, what what's going on over there. It's a it's a public service at this point. Uh <laughs> And that's 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 really uh, what I could say about that. Oh, and and for for my, you know, what I said about what I agree with him on. You know, he said, uh, what was one example? Oh, he said that um, people shouldn't be suspended for life on Twitter. They shouldn't get lifetime suspensions. And I agree, actually. I think you know these Twitter, you know, social media platforms are lasting a long time now. Although, who knows with Twitter now. But social media platforms last a long time now. I think there should be an opportunity for people to come back. Even the worst of the worst. You know, you get suspended once for, you know, for bad behavior for maybe a week. Again, a couple months. Again, maybe a year or two. But there should be a time limit. Uh, Also, he said that um, Twitter users wouldn't be punished for a single tweet. Instead, that tweet would be removed or shadow banned, as in it wouldn't be pushed onto people's feeds. But the at the account level, nothing would happen. Both those things that I just mentioned, I think are good ideas. Both those things, Musk has not done. And here's my proof. Kanye West, Alex Jones, and extremist, uh, anti-fascist extremist researcher, Chad Loader. Three people, very different backgrounds, very different political ideologies, all the way on the left with Loader, all the way on the right with uh, Jones. Kanye, just completely out there. I wouldn't even put him on the political spectrum. I just think he's just out there. Three very unique individuals. He has suspended, banned from the platform, ostensibly for single tweets. For Kanye, we know it was just that swastika tweet. And given no indication what they were, uh, uh, when they could come back. No indication how long they've been suspended for. I mean. Those are three very big accounts that are perfect examples of, of Musk not doing what I thought were the good ideas he said he would do. All right, folks. Um, I, I actually have been on quite a few shows this week. Um, talking about this. I uh, have discussed this with um, Al Jazeera on on two separate shows, Al Jazeera London and Al Jazeera English, um, ABC News Radio, and I've been on two podcasts and one is coming out and another one coming out soon. Each one gets into very specific things where it does cover a lot what I brought up in this show, in this episode, I should say. But there's also a lot of things I did not bring up on this episode that I sp- spoke with those podcasts about. So I urge you to check them out. One is the Power Report from uh, Dan on the Internet or Dan on the Web. He goes by both names. Check that out. That came out already. 
One with the podcast Western Kabuki, which is hosted by some of my favorite Twitter users. Uh, Juniper. Uh, Whack Nicholson. And Bird Respector. That one was a lot of fun, too. That one, that one we got, you know, I, I, I should say on the Power Report with Dan, we got into some broader big tech stuff, which was very interesting. I don't think I've ever really gotten a chance to get into detail on that issue, those some of those issues yet on a podcast like I did with Dan. So check that out. Western Kabuki, it was, we had a very fun time. Uh, I would definitely check that one out. Also for some of the Tim Pool stuff that I talk about with those guys, uh, guys and gals over there. Um, and then coming out later this week, I will be on Tech Won't Save Us, uh, Paris Marx's great tech podcast, and I'll be talking about some of this. So definitely check those all out. And, and again, every one of them is different from each and different from this episode as well. So we're going to go into the second half of the show in just a second. And on the second half of the show, I am going to take phone calls. You can call into the show by opening up Skype and searching Doomed Live. And I take the calls as they come in. I'll open up the Skype shortly. You could uh, also... Uh, oh, yeah, but before I go to the second half of the show, let me uh, do some promos. You could support this show by going to patreon.com slash and becoming a paying Patreon subscriber. Let me thank those very people, by the way. Give me one second. Let me pull up. Uh, who has become Patreons? Let me see. I like to uh, shout out those people. Here they are. Since the last episode of the show. All right, here we go. Thank you to Ian Scuttlebutt McNettle, Adam P, Tara, Stephen C, Solomon F, James C, DM, Chris M. Sarah A. Ink Sunday. Blex Actually. And Wanda V. Thank you all for becoming Patreon patrons at patreon.com slash mapbinder. Over the past week, week and a half or so. Really appreciate your support. Cannot do this without all of you. Um... It, it really, uh, your 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 patronage, patronage helps me, you know, do this content, create more content, and spend more time on getting this stuff out there. And um, ooh, Brian E, just getting in at the last minute here. Thank you so much. Appreciate the uh, patron 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 subscription. You could tell that after an hour or so of talking now. My voice is starting to uh, feel it. <laughs> anyway, you can support this show by also going to YouTube.com slash Matt Binder and subscribing to the YouTube channel with the live stream streams. It also streams over at Twitch.tv slash Matt Binder. If you're watching live, 
You can drop a super chat uh, at YouTube. I read the super chat comments on the second half of the show. If you're over on Twitch and you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, connect your Amazon account to your Twitch account and you get a free Twitch Prime subscription every month. That's free for you. It's a paid subscription to your favorite Amazon creator. Be sure to give it out to someone, even if you don't want to give it to me. Because if you don't, Amazon just keeps that extra money you're already paying them as part of your Prime subscription anyway. doesn't make any sense. You could also follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder. You can also follow me at Blue Sky, the Twitter alternative. That's really starting to take off. I should have mentioned Blue Sky. I really should do a separate episode, really, on that. Especially for scam economy because of the whole decentralized Web3 aspect. And I'm quickly learning there's a lot of crypto and Web3 people on uh, on Blue Sky. But Blue Sky's been pretty fun so far. You can follow me on Blue Sky. I'm at Matt Binder there as well. And... Uh, on Mastodon at Matt Binder. What else? What else? What else? Uh, I think I think that's everything I want to promote right now on this free half of the show. If you're watching live, or you are a Patreon subscriber, you can stick around. No one's kicking you off. Yeah, that's right. Even if you're just watching live. But if you are just a freebie podcast listener. For either Doomed or Scam Economy, which, by the way, DoomedCast.com and ScamEconomy.com for the podcast version of either of those shows. And leave an, uh, a, a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. For either of those shows as well. If you are just a freebie listener at one of those podcast platforms, this is where I say to you, I will see you next time on Doomed and or the Scam Economy.